everybody, welcome to Gaming Gaiden. This is a, yet another episode in Season 2. Thank you for joining us. This week, we have a very special guest. We have Kenzie, actually, Kenzie Burke, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. <laughs> we have that's Kenzie me. Burke. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. And uh, she is calling in from Japan, and uh, she works at Chuhai Labs. But before that, we wanted to talk about her beginnings. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All so right. take it away, Mike. All right, so let's uh, let's start in early days. How did you get into video games in the first place? Uh so I've been playing video games my whole life. Like when I was a, like a really little kid, like too young to probably even know what a video game was. <laughs> my dad got the NES for him. Mm. <laughs> so okay. he got the, the, the NES and like a handful of titles, but he mostly got it for Zelda. Okay. So like mm. when I started to learn how to like read, I had one of those <laughs> like unofficial tips guide things. And I would sit nice. next to my dad while he was playing Zelda. <laughs> ah, so you're the navigator? <laughs> yep, yep. Like, navigator. I think it's like when you give, like, a kid a steering wheel in a car that doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, the player yeah. 2 controller. <laughs> it's not plugged yep. in. That's awesome. Exactly. So these are, these are kind of some of your first memories. Yeah, definitely. It's weird to say that Zelda was my first memory, but it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So did you did you ever talk with your dad about what him what drew him to it initially? Because in those early days, it, it was a little mm -hmm. bit uh, pretty niche stuff, you know? It still is yeah. kind of, but back then even more so. Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, my dad was really into computers. So he would mm. like make us little games in basic Oh, wow. Like they were like really simple, <laughs> but it's kind of funny because so my dad, it took him like a while, like to beat Zelda, mm -hmm. the original. And yeah. it's funny because he beat it. And then it's like, do you want to go to the second quest? And he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, bring it on. And then you start <laughs> over with three hearts and no sword. And he didn't play video games for years <laughs> after that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he got us like, he got us all into it and was really into computers and everything. And then he kind of stopped. But I kept wow. playing because he would still get games like from like shareware from a friend at work. I feel like growing up in the mm -hmm. 80s, someone their dad yeah. all had a friend who just always had games and VHSs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The VHS is, uh, you know, my dad would come home with the tape and he'd, he'd have like three movies on, what was that, SP or LP or whatever? Yeah. EP. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, hey, I got a friend downtown who uh, put some videos on here. Yep, and I'd have, exactly. Like, gremlins and something recorded off of HBO with the little intros <laughs> and outros. Yep, that's exactly what I had. And so, yeah, <laughs> I started on like really early like edutainment PC games. So I played like all the Math Blasters and all the. Oh, yeah. All of all the like uh oh crap what are they called there's a bunch of like the edutainment games that i played when i was a kid mm. like mid midnight yeah. mysteries or something but like yeah all of those and i had the nes and then i was a genesis kid so i got a genesis so nice. like i think video games have always been a part of my life that's great that's awesome yeah. your dad <laughs> was like into programming basic was he part of a like part of the early computing scene in seattle or something or 
he wasn't. It was more just like a hobby. Like, I don't know if he actually had friends that he talked about this kind of stuff with. Because mm-hmm. he did a lot when I was a little kid, when we had our, like, original, like, like green and black tandy is when he was yeah. doing a mm-hmm. lot of this. And then I don't know yeah. what happened. He kind of just fell out of it because by trade, he was an electrician. So okay. not as much computers. <laughs> right. okay. I think he was just like really into it in the 80s and then kind of wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. So that's really interesting. That's great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I, I, I guess it's kind of like my, my sisters were a little older than I was and I inherited a, a an Atari from them. But oh, cool. that's we were really the first generation, you know, so there was mm. no one to show us anything. We just kind yeah. of found our own way. So it's really nice to hear that <laughs> it was a, a parent that brought you into it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, right. I think you're only like two or three years older than me, but I mm. I completely miss the Atari generation entirely. <laughs> like video games, ground one for me, ground zero mm. is uh, is NES as well. Um but my first game, strangely enough, was Top Gun. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which that, I did That was one of my, like, four <laughs> titles that I had on the NES. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I rem- that was the first game. And I remember I it was okay, but then, then Mario came, I think, pretty soon after. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of the beginning of it. It's, it's a nice jump uh, in quality there. Yeah, yeah. huge, huge <laughs> jump, man. Um, so... Uh, was there a moment in your early life where you kind of felt like um, you might like video games more than the average bear? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's actually like a pivotal memory for me. Like, so when I was like a little bit younger than junior high, maybe I kind of stopped playing games because it like it really wasn't cool. Like uh-huh. when mm-hmm. I was a kid, like it was not cool yet. It was not yeah. anything like it is today, and. So I kind of stopped playing games and I was like a horse girl and I like showed horses and did all that kind of stuff. (laughs) No horse (laughs) games. And so like I didn't really play as much games, but I remember one day I came home from school and my little brother was playing Ocarina of Time and he was a a lot like he was six years younger than me. So he was pretty young at this time and he Mm -hmm. couldn't beat Queen Goma, the first boss. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll help you, you know? (laughs) And so we beat the boss, and then we went on to Hyrule Field for that, like, first time, where it mm. does the big, like, camera pan. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, this is real life. This is amazing. And I was, like, <laughs> 100% back. And then, like, uh, shortly after that is when, like, the PlayStation 1 came out, and, like, I got, uh, like, all the Final Fantasies, basically, for Christmas. And I oh, was wow. like, I am, I am locked in, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I became like super into like any like Zelda style adventure game or RPGs, mm. like, and that's when I was like, okay, this is this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> so Zelda brought you back. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. maybe if it wasn't for that, I wonder if I would have found my way back to games. At least not in this capacity, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. And that that's little cool. bit of magic. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it's That's weird awesome. to see that scene now, though. And I was like, this is it. This is the one that I was like, wow, it's so real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of memes about that. Yeah. It's funny to go back to things sometimes with the very different eyes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So let's pivot a little bit to Chuhai Labs. Can you tell us a little bit about Chuhai Labs? Yeah, so Chuhai Labs is an indie studio located in Kyoto, Japan. It's the, the reason I'm here. Uh, about a year ago, we put out Curse to Golf, which I think is the game that most people know us for. Uh, mm -hmm. But before that, we also released Carve Snowboarding on the MetaQuest, which is a VR snowboarding game. And nice. we've released two titles on the Playdate, which I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys have oh, seen wow. the Playdate, but it's like I've, the little I've never like seen yellow one in person. <laughs> with the crank. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Is it is the Playdate selling well, do you think? Have you heard anything yeah. about that? It's like really backed up. They're finally <laughs> starting to catch up on orders, but they had like... I think five groups of like mm -hmm. waves so that you pre-order it and you got placed into a group and all of these groups pretty much happened in the first like hour that this thing was on sale. So if mm -hmm. you ordered two hours late, you were all of a sudden weren't going to get your system for like a, a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you know so. what? I, I haven't gotten it yet. I did become aware of it. I think via metal Jesus or something. Mm, yeah. Uh, and uh, I haven't gotten one yet. I haven't seen it in person, but a part of me, it really fills my heart with joy to see that because the 90s were so full of random systems, kind of <laughs> yeah. left and right. And then we kind of went a long time without like random consoles. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you know, Playdate's kind of out there, especially with the crank. So mm. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool to, to see that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I was a fan of that. I would like to get one eventually. It's good to hear they're 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 backed up actually. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a really yeah. cool little system. And like I know a lot of people were mad that it's not backlit, but when mm -hmm. you see yeah. that screen in person, like it looks mm -hmm. so good. Like they did such a good job for being like you know just like black and white. Like yeah. it looks amazing and it's just such a fun little system and what people yes. have done with it like you can even see from like the launch games to the games people are making for it now mm -hmm. it's like a oh, generation has passed like oh, wow. people are pushing the limits of that hardware already and it's really really awesome to see yeah. it's easy it's... to program for yeah it's actually not too bad and a lot of their stuff is open source so like you can download pulp on okay. their website right now and you can start making a playdate game and you can also oh. download like the simulator so you don't even need a playdate to start playing your playdate game or any playdate game yeah that's great no it's definitely wow. it's it's very much the like the indie device you know and yeah and i recognize that it's a lot of the um the similar ethos to uh, Nintendo of sort of lateral thinking with uh, affordable technology you know yeah rather than we're yeah. not looking for the cutting edge here we're gonna do something interesting and different. Yeah, definitely. It's really cool the, what Panic has done with the Playdate. It's been really awesome mm. to see and really like inspirational because like all these people are just making crazy things with it. It's yeah. really cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, so you're a producer at Shuhai. Yes, I'm a producer. And my exact title is Producer mm -hmm. Games and Media just because I end up – it's indie, so like I end up wearing mm. a lot of hats. I was originally hired to do PR with the mm. we'll train you to be a producer because we'll need more producers down the road. Okay. And so I started like just pretty much making all of our I, I'm not sure if you've seen them, but we make yeah, like, yeah. crazy videos and stuff for all yeah, of our announcements yeah. that don't always make sense. But like in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I checked yeah. them out. So, so what does it mean, though? <laughs> right. So, what's your day to day look like as a mm-hmm. as a producer? So, I feel like producer in the industry is like kind of this nebulous term because, like, mm-hmm. it is so different in every company. Like, in a lot of companies, it's more of like a project manager. So like okay. my day to day is like in the morning we have our daily stand up where we all talk about like our tasks for the day and then like I'll be the liaison between like the team and the publisher or the team and the merch company or the team and whoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. my day's a lot of emails and a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And kind of keeping track of like everybody's progress kind of. Yeah, like everybody's tasks like the the project as a whole, like, and basically where we're at with everything having to do with the project, including like the budget, any like partners that are involved or any contractors keeping up on all of their like invoices and <laughs> okay. exciting okay. stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, That's but awesome. It's great. Cause being on such a tiny team, cause like, uh Hai labs is probably 17 people now total uh but the golf team is only like four of us (laughs) okay really wow yeah the golf team's pretty small and then like when we were in full production there was a few more people that we had as contractors but Mm -hmm. for the for internally it's only four of us and one person was just recently added to our team to help with programming support so for a lot of the project it was really three of us (laughs) Wow. So oh, I got man. to be like the like PR producer and the QA department. <laughs> and then I also got to do level design because they they didn't have anybody. So it was me. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> props. Props to you all. That's great. So that's awesome. It was, it was really, really fun, like development for that game. And like Liam, the creator of the game, he is amazing to work with and super creative. And like mm-hmm. our programmer, Sean, he like has done amazing like he was like hired as a junior programmer and mm-hmm. then ended up being the only programmer on golf <laughs> okay so he did absolutely amazing wow. went from junior <laughs> to lead very quickly wow <laughs> wow all right i i actually have bought uh Cur- curse to golf and uh halloween forever <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, you got you got my bucks, my Nintendo bucks. Um, so how'd you how'd you get this gig? How did you become a video game producer? That's a really good question because I feel like a lot of people ask like like tips for getting into the industry or like how did you get into the industry and like I feel mm-hmm. like everybody's story is so different. But like yeah. for me, like I I actually went to school for science. So not video games at all. Uh, And I worked in like a soils lab for construction science for like 10 years. Wow. Okay. And while I was doing that full time, I basically had a side gig where I Mm -hmm. started working with Tinsley PR, which is like Mm -hmm. a PR company that works with video games. And so I started working with that company and did a few gigs. And then I started working gigs with them for Devolver. So then I met the mm. Devolver people, and they were wonderful. I consider them my first, yeah. like, games industry family. Like, it <laughs> okay. was an amazing company to work for. So once I started working with them with PR, I started working for them for events. So I started being the person, like, during the day at things like PAX, like, running mm-hmm. the merch booth 
And then at night, yeah. I was the one who made all of the like dinner reservations and hotel stuff for all the <laughs> people. So <laughs> this, is, this is do everything. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's and that so Call of that, Duty meme for me. Was yeah. It? Ramirez, do everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because how I even I guess I skipped one crucial step, which is mm. I got my PR gig because I met someone on Twitter in Seattle and I went to a party and it was all games industry people. And someone, and at the time, I was volunteering for a a small retro convention in Seattle as their PR person, even though I I didn't know anything about PR. I was just P, the P, their PR person, like because <laughs> they didn't have anybody. <laughs> oh wow! And so I was at this party, and someone's like, "Oh, you do PR, right?" And in my head, I was like, "Kinsey, this conversation can go one of two ways." Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Technically, Definitely. I do. Definitely, I can do it. You know. Nice. So she's like, "Oh, great, great, great! I have this gig that's coming up that I can't do." Mm. And so that's how it all started. And that happened to be with Tinsley, and then like that all went really well. So they kept inviting me back. So like Twitter was yeah. like instrumental to me getting into the games industry because that's also how I met Mark, who yeah. is our head of biz dev at Chu High Labs. And he's the one who originally reached out to me about having a job at Chuhai Labs because I had done YouTube videos on Japan and, mm -hmm. like, talked about wanting to move there eventually. And I was, like, kind of working in the games industry already. Yeah. So the stars just mm -hmm. kind of aligned and everything worked out. I had an interview and I somehow passed it. And, <laughs> and <laughs> well, now I'm done. Don't sell yourself short. You know, you weren't kidding when you yeah. said you do work in that field. You can do it. And you did. It. And here you are. So props yeah. to you. Thank you. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, and the pronunciation is Giles Goddard. Is that how you say it? Yeah, his name? Giles Goddard. Mm -hmm. Giles Goddard. So mm -hmm. he was working at Nintendo and then just kind of went on his own and started Chu High. Is that how it worked, basically? I mean,. Pretty much. Like, so, yeah, Giles Goddard is the CEO of Chuhai Labs. And so he started at Nintendo when, because he was the lead programmer on Star Fox and went on to make, like, Wild Tracks. Oh, so crap, he's the, the, yeah. the British guy that, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that was okay. in the documentaries? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. And he didn't, he said in the documentary that he, they, they didn't know that they were going to add animals to Star Fox because for him it was... <laughs> It was just a yeah. space fighter sim, and one—I don't know if it was him or his or his buddy, but like mm -hmm. either he or his buddy didn't like that. <laughs> like it seemed, yeah. seemed like. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Giles has told me before that he thought. Do you remember like the actual like real animatronic-looking ones that they had for ad campaigns? He's like, I those think so, are yeah. real, and no, they were horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tweeted at one of them. I think of the other guy that was okay mm -hmm. with it. Um, but I said, uh, I think it was absolutely the right choice. I, I w I'm a fan yeah. of Star Fox. I liked it. I like the whole vibe. I think oh, having yeah. the characters really helped. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can definitely see how someone at the time would be like, wait, why is there animals? This is like a space fighter sim kind of thing, yeah. you know? But yeah, in was, the end, it was... it's totally the right choice. And it is very much a Nintendo like thing now without that i think it wouldn't have had the same like personality no absolutely oh, not. For it, sure. it worked out so well to have that <laughs> yeah that's like yeah. the classic divide in game in traditional 
you know, stereotypical gaming mm-hmm. taste between the West and Japan, whereas mm-hmm. Japan always had a preference, even going back to Pac-Man, for kawaii, yeah. the mm-hmm. kawaii look. And yeah. America and you know England and the West in general, again, just broad strokes here, like yeah. sort of stayed away from that and wanted badass asteroids and just <laughs> killing and, yeah. you know... Stuff yeah. like that. So when I saw like that interview of of whenever he said that, I was just like, "Oh, there it is again, the classic divide." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's but, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So he stayed with uh, Nintendo through about GameCube because mm-hmm. I, th- I I believe one of his last games working directly with Nintendo was around the Doshi and the Giant kind of era. Okay. okay. Yeah. And. He then went and started his own company called Vitae, and it mm-hmm. was a uh, Nintendo second party. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, right. so he did a lot of more like WiiWare and 3DS eShop kind of stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. So he did like rock and roll Rest climber. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he also got to work on, uh, oh crap, what's it called? The, sub- the submarine game on the... 3ds that was a uh, steel diver I think title. it was steel diver that's right. the one so yeah. Vitae did that so they were Nintendo's second party for a long time and then they made what they called Vitae Backroom which mm-hmm. was the, the same company but they could do whatever they wanted they weren't bound by the rules of Nintendo mm. okay got it so he wouldn't have to put like a frog and a fox in that game right exactly <laughs> yeah so I think this is just his, like very slow move away from working directly with Nintendo. Mm. Yeah. And then eventually, so, like Vitae Backroom was rebranded as Chuhai mm. Labs. Okay. <laughs> Great name. I love that name. He's been in Japan for a long time now. Yeah, like over 30 years, I believe. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Chuhai, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the drink and the company. Yes, yeah. indeed, of course. No, that's that's the thing too. Yeah, when you when you take something that is much beloved as your namesake, mm. a lot of that transfers over. You know, that was yeah. I usually got myself a nice little grapefruit chew. Uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I wanted to ask you some about some of these mm-hmm. uh, the games and the the situation yeah. with development and publishing and all, because is Chew High Labs both a developer and a publisher? Yes. Okay. We pub, although we're a developer first. Okay. Uh, but we did publish Halloween Forever on the Switch, so so more this like is what I'm helping... curious about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Right, like I noticed <laughs> that Halloween Forever was published mm-hmm. by Chu High, but developed by another group called uh, Imaginary Monsters and Poppy Works. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, but then I noticed that Curse to Golf, which you said you worked on, right, with mm-hmm. a team of only four was not published by Chuhai Labs. Correct. So that was published by Thunderful Games. So what what happens there that makes you decide that you're going to publish something from another independent developer but not publish the one that was developed in-house? Like what what caused that to happen there? Yeah. What's the decision? It, it's all it's all about the budget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so developing money is often the answer. Yeah, from start to finish costs a lot more money than mm-hmm. porting a game to the Switch and helping out, well, like, a friend of ours. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I felt like Curse to Golf definitely had a lot more reach and publicity than uh, Halloween Forever got. 
I found yeah, Halloween yeah, Forever definitely. because my son, uh, he's three, loves uh, jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Halloween Forever is awesome. And Imaginary yeah. Monsters is actually just one guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. And he is absolutely amazing. And he's so nice. And he just worked on Halloween Forever in his spare time. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah I, yeah. I love the look. I love the chibi kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, kawaii horror kind of shit. Oh, like me too. Yeah. I kind of yeah. buy actually, a like, lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's part of the reason we decided to help them publish on the Switch cuz we loved the game as well and like we were really good friends with uh, the people at Poppy Works and mm-hmm. got to meet the Imaginary Monsters guy and it was amazing like everyone was so nice it all just clicked it, it was perfect. Uh oh, and we great. actually liked the game so much that we did a a small Halloween update in Carve Snowboarding where you can get like a bunch of <laughs> items that are all Halloween Forever themed. <laughs> I, I saw That's that. Awesome. I was checking out a YouTube clip of that because I, yeah. I've, I don't have a play date. I don't have mm. a, a meta or anything. So I had to look at some of the YouTube yeah. videos and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, look at this. Look at this synergy find... here, Liz Yeah. Lemon. We had to find some other way to utilize like the adorableness that is Halloween Forever in one of our other mm. games. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Mike, Mike and I can attest to just going off Halloween for a second in Japan. <laughs> when we were living there, it w- it didn't exist. Mm, like this yeah. whole to- this yeah. Tokyo madhouse, the Shibuya Halloween thing, didn't exist when we were there. So I use it's just like just a huge update to like Halloween culture in Japan itself. You know, does yeah, that yeah. is there any kind of Kyoto equivalent of that, or is pretty much nothing I, happens? Last Halloween, I went to Osaka. <laughs> okay, do they have the Osaka, same kind of vibe? Yeah, Osaka is kind of like I'd say like a mini Shibuya Halloween, but it's still pretty big. Like it's enough. It's yeah. like right in like Americamora and like Dotenbori and like that bridge that's by the Glicoman and Dotenbori. Like you can't even mm. cross it. There's so many people. It was intense. <laughs> okay. It was so fun. Uh, and then we also went to the like Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's so awesome, man. That's yeah. Nice. And I'm so excited it starts soon for this year. And mm-hmm. they're doing a uh, coaster themed after the ring. Ooh. Oh, nice. Oh, sick. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds cooler really than cool. the. Uh, I'm, I'm in LA right now, and like we have Universal here, but it just seems yeah. cooler in Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been to the Mario Land here, and mm-hmm. it's cool. I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. but it's one ride and then three activities. Or four, maybe. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so small. It's like this one little corner of the park. Yeah. It's so, so small. It's done huh. very well. And when you enter, it feels like you've entered Toontown and Roger Rabbit. Like, it's just <laughs> right. it's overload. But it, it, it was fun. Um, mm. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, this is all relevant, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been to the one here, and I actually just went again this last weekend. And, nice. I mean, ours isn't that much bigger. I mean, I haven't been to the one in California, but I can assume it can't be that much smaller than the one in Japan because the one in Japan is pretty small, but it yeah. does have two rides. So we have the Yoshi ride <laughs> and the Mario yeah. Kart ride. We don't have and that. We're just the Mario Kart. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, the Yoshi ride, I went on it once. It's really cute and it's really well done, but it's like the slowest ride on the entire planet. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. It's, it's a little so kid slow. ride. Yeah, it's for kids. 
and yeah. it's half indoor, half outdoor. So like when it's like a hundred oh, okay. degrees outside, I'm like, no, it's okay. So <laughs> that's that's the Snow White ride. Kind slow of, baking. You know? I gotta tell you though, I think Snow White is faster than Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> like the like Yoshi's supposed to be fast in Mario Kart. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's got the best acceleration at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I discovered with the Mario movie coming out this year and going mm-hmm. to Mario Land, uh, people talk about uh, Disney adults. I gotta say, I'm probably a Nintendo adult in that way. <laughs> like Me too. whenever I whenever I see the merch for all the Nintendo stuff, I want to buy like all of it. You know, I see you got the star in the background of your place and yeah. like like all that kind of stuff. I, I love it. Um, where what, like when I go to Disneyland, like it's cool. I grew up like everybody else watching Disney, but it doesn't. I don't know. I, I'm it's just because it's video games. I'm just more in, yeah. into Nintendo for sure, you know, and, and Mario stuff. Yeah. 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 Me too. Like even like like I'm almost 40. And when I yeah. went to the park this weekend, they had added all the Pokemon stuff. So mm-hmm. there was like oh, Pokemon yeah. in the parade. There was Pokemon snacks and merch and all that stuff. And previously they didn't have any Pokemon. And I like, oh, really? oh, I wow. like got wow. peak. I got like got Pikachu ears and I got like <laughs> my, my Pikachu pizza mon. And I was like the happiest kid on the planet. And I'm like <laughs> crying, like hugging Pikachu. Like, <laughs> so I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. they're the best rival to to Disney. I feel like they just they yeah. really are. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's always been the the thing, and I feel like everybody kind of knew it all along. But it's only recently mm-hmm. that we're talking about these sort of, you know, three companies set to rule the world. Basically, <laughs> Nintendo yeah. is one of them. It's, yep. it's yeah. there. Disney knows, like there's no, you know, you're not going to compete with them in that arena. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah. I know. I hope they For had sure. something Pokemon in the park, like land or ride wise, because I feel like that would make a lot of sense. I know they're it'll, building. Oh yeah, the, it'll be there. <laughs> yeah, they're building the Donkey Kong Land right now. Oh but wow! Nice. Should definitely do Pokemon. Is <laughs> it a little New Donk City? Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> that'd be so cool. <laughs> it's a funny name, but it's yeah. just like who translated that? Like whose idea was New Donk City? It's, it's so, just so good. Funny. And it's all, like, normal-ass people. Yeah. (laughs) And then Mario's, like, only goes up to their waist, and he's all small and chubby, and it's great. I don't know why it's so weird. A lot of odd (laughs) design decisions in Odyssey, and I loved them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved Odyssey. I couldn't stop playing until I beat it. Yeah. That was, like, the last Mario game that I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I hadn't felt Mm. that feeling with a Mario game in a really long time. Mm. And Odyssey just felt so good. Although I did, like, I feel like every time I think of Odyssey, I think about how much I absolutely loved it. And I always forget the terrifying rabbit family that I don't know why they're there. And they're so scary looking. And I, oh. I, I just don't think about them. They're not, they're not part of my experience. <laughs> I thought the whole Cappy thing and being able to, you know, yeah. become other characters so cool. Mm. Like, for me... Um, just talking about video game design, I'm not a designer or anything, but I've been playing video games my whole life. And mm-hmm. like one of the biggest draws to me has always been power-ups. Like I want oh, a cool yeah. power-up. Yeah. I want to yeah. change or transform in some way. You know, Mario, you've had like the fire flower and all that going on. And with this one, your power-up was essentially like possessing an, an animal or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like the caterpillar or whatever yeah. it was. And like, that was just really cool. It kind of felt like, 
you know, obviously a cutesier version, but like in Symphony of the Night and all that, you could be a bat, you could be mist, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was just like really awesome power ups, you know. Uh, I think it's funny you mentioned that because like now, you know, we've talked about this before, but like in this context, considering Curse to Golf and how mm-hmm. I've I've really love card games like I've, I, I just I used to play Star Wars Destiny and I've played all these other different kinds of competitive card games is like each card breaks the rules and is a cool power up in its way. Mm-hmm. And so like I think about that now. Right. In terms of Curse to Golf, I'm like you play your card, your ace card or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like your little power up, even yeah. if you don't turn into a raccoon. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we definitely love power ups at Juhai. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, it it's a so huge fun, draw. Like, yeah. Like making, I think the, like in Curse to Golf, the ace cards is mm. what makes it. Yeah. Like there's yeah. so many different ways that you could even like almost break the game. Because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if I use a drill ball, <laughs> I can just drill right to the hole in some, yeah. like, in some holes. Like like instant cool. hole in one basically and like why not let people do that that's fun and yeah. it's like it's such a good dopamine hit too you're like i just got a hole in one like <laughs> <laughs> and see that's that's the beauty too of single player games where like yeah. you can let it be broken it's fine people yeah. love to figure that out and they feel smart and happy yeah, right when, exactly. it's, when you're trying to balance for a competitive multiplayer experience it's a real pain because you're always gotta uh, we gotta pull that back that's too strong that's yeah. a negative yep. player experience. You know? Gotta turn, gotta turn off items in Smash Brothers. Yeah, you know. Uh, Even like, though that's yeah. what makes it fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the mo- yeah. what do they say? One of the most unbalanced fighting games of all time was Marvel versus Capcom Two, but everybody <laughs> kind of agrees it's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily the best one. Characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to get into some Disney game discussion a little, but there was one more thing I wanted to ask about um, the the uh, a curse to golf. So, mm-hmm. I you know on on um, on Microsoft's uh, game pages, they usually list a lot of details about a game, and I like to go mm-hmm. see if I can change the language and stuff like that. And I noticed that there was localization into yeah. English, German. Spanish, French, Japanese, Korean, Brazilian, Portuguese, Russian, and simplified <laughs> Chinese, which yeah. is a lot, especially for a team of four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so had... I, was, I was curious about the process there. Yeah. The localization is all handled through the publisher, which is another mm-hmm. really good reason to have a publisher when you are such a small team. Uh-oh. Like, we basically just put all of our, like, English into the spreadsheet and send it over to Thunderful, and it's magic. Mm-hmm. okay awesome but we did get to decide like what languages we wanted Mm. and like we do have to think a little bit about cost because every additional language is additional money Mm. but yes like we wanted curse to golf to be as accessible as like humanly possible yeah right yeah i mean that's awesome that's a pretty broad map and i and i see you know all the time on twitter I see people being like, Brazilian Portuguese, please. Brazilian Portuguese, please. And it's like, yeah, I know. Brazil has always really gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to video games in the past. There's like a huge indie and gaming scene in Brazil that I didn't even realize until maybe five, ten years ago. But Mm. like, they even got like, they, they had a... I don't know the history, so this is just for me. But it seems like they have a hard time sometimes getting consoles and stuff. So yeah. like, and they've also got at, heavy import yeah. taxes on them. Yeah, so. and so they like made their own console. There's like the Zebo, and oh, that's like yeah. 
Oh, the zebra only came was out there? in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Like, it just came up the yeah. other day with the Resident Our, Evil port that hit uh, Resident Evil 4, I think, hit Zebo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I remember hearing back in the day that Brazil was one of the few places where the Genesis outsold the Super Nintendo regularly. Oh, I heard uh, that. Yeah, yeah. The Sega Master a, System was really dominant. They're anomalous yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. I, Master System had a hold in Europe, I've, I've heard, but... Uh, yeah, Genesis was was king apparently, whereas pretty much everywhere else, Super Nintendo ruled the land. No, I think Genesis. I thought Genesis uh, had the lead in uh, Europe too, but I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> I know Master System did, but I, we have, we have yeah. to look it up. But mm. but uh, is has there been any kind of like country that's strangely super into one of your games like wow iceland is loves halloween forever or, <laughs> like have you had any metrics on that like uh or brazil loves curse to golf more yeah, than most I mean, or brazil loves curse to golf like we were nominated in the uh brazil indie games fest awards oh for, nice. yeah for best gameplay we were a nominee there and like in i was looking at the nominees and i feel like 70 percent our mm-hmm. Brazil games. So to be okay. from the outside, I was like, "Yeah, Brazil loves us." That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's 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 the power of localization, though. You know, like let's make it yeah. accessible in that language, and people can play it, and they'll find it. That's yeah, great. definitely. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I I was uh, there was another topic that I wanted to discuss a little bit because I saw you had a video about uh, Disney games. Oh yeah, and I am a I am a big fan of these Disney games. Yeah, they're so good. So, so I was I was curious if you um if you've been looking into uh, Lorcana at all as well. Have you heard of this? Lorcana. Yeah. Ooh, what's Lorcana that? Is, Lorcana is not a video game, so I won't waste too much time mm-hmm. on it for everybody. But Lorcana is a a, a card game that's coming out um, oh, in cool. the next couple okay. of weeks, and it's. You play like all sorts of Disney characters. It's kind of somewhere between Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. and uh, what was that game? Keyforge. It's kind of like oh, okay. something, a marriage between those two. But uh, I'm kind of hoping that in Lorcana, they eventually, the, the usual Disney uh, fans are probably thinking like, oh, I want, you know, my, my rarely ever seen Treasure Planet characters to come out. And I'm looking at Lorcana thinking, mm-hmm. I want Mickey in the fireman suit from <laughs> magical yeah, yeah. Uh, adventure magic quest so <laughs> ah that would be awesome i actually have been kind of getting back into like card and board games recently mm. so yeah. i'll definitely have to look that up thank you <laughs> get it get a starter deck because they're expensive otherwise yes <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. good tip <laughs> no i just i saw that you had all that stuff there about the disney games and i just really enjoyed it i want to let you know hey there's some other yeah. fans out there <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because like when we were talking earlier about theme parks and like Disney adult versus Nintendo adult, mm. I think I might be both. Because <laughs> like I, yeah. I have some friends who are like really, really Disney adults. Yeah, and yeah. we mm-hmm. we would go once a year to L.A. or to Disneyland mm-hmm. for Halloween. We went to like that Mickey's Halloween party every year. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome! I went, I went to uh, the haunted mansion in Tokyo mm-hmm. for the yeah. uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh, special. That's and awesome! I had yeah, I went to that, that last and year. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good like 
promotion that they do with the Haunted Mansion because it like feels really natural to be in there. Yeah. So it, no, it, it was, it's really, it was really a perfect cool. fit. I loved it. Yeah. I've seen it both he, uh, in Japan and in California. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Disney's always had kind of a pretty good hold on, on video games, so much so that they had one of the few great uh, Game Gear games with Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. Yeah. Um, people generally bring up that one as like kind of the best game on the entire system. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, like the... The Lion Poor King game, game and the Aladdin <laughs> game and the uh, yeah and the uh, Gargoyles game also uh, they were they were really great in the 16-bit era I remember mm. I probably fell out a little bit after that but uh, yeah yeah I love those um, yeah and like I'm gonna totally botch it because I don't remember the name of the game but the <laughs> the new Disney game that's coming out oh very it looks soon. like the, a like a yeah. Fleischer animation kind of yes. Yes. yes, it's like yes. the like four player platformer. Yeah, I think it's called Land of Illusion. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I cuz I was like it's like mm. Castle of Illusion. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks cool. I like the Cuphead. So good. Cuphead but yeah. but with Mickey kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks really awesome. So well, hopefully the, the maybe they're going to get back into having like awesome Disney games. That would be really cool. Yeah. I I mean for me the real the big thing was I loved Castle of Illusion. Um, and then they were mostly Capcom developed after that. And I loved all yeah. the Capcom games. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then eventually they tried to sort of take it in-house. And it, they weren't making games that were quite as tight as uh, what yeah. Capcom was producing. But, you know, they were still nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see with this new one. Maybe maybe they're back. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I would like that. All right. So now we'll pivot into J- Japan talk. So mm-hmm. I assume you, like many an elder millennial like us, mm-hmm. you uh, got I'm, into Japan. I'm via... the youngest Gen X. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're so on the cusp. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. Yeah, so. you're you're really on the cusp there. But uh, anyway, um, you got in Japan via gaming and uh, anime, I assume. Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> okay. like, cause I. W- when I was a kid, I was super into like Sailor Moon, Magic Knight, Ray Earth, Dragon Ball. I loved all mm-hmm. all the classics, and I also so my grandfather was a pilot for Japan Airlines. Oh wow! And so they used my grandparents used to go to Japan all the time. I never wow. got to go with them, wow. but because yeah. like my grandfather died when I was like ten. So I didn't really okay. like know him that well, but mm-hmm. uh, I was given like all of this stuff from them, like all of these Japan Airlines vintage posters, like Japan Airlines like crew bags, Japan <laughs> Airlines everything. When oh, I was sixteen, man. you my got vintage aviation yeah. trinkets. <laughs> yeah, when I was like sixteen, my grandmother gave me a kimono. Wow, so like. Man. <laughs> Like wow. something about Japan was always kind of in my life. Mm. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there a moment? Because this happened, I think, to a lot of us, including me. I remember in my experience, there's just a moment where it was just like you realize a lot of the games you're playing are from Japan. Like, yeah. and especially in the early '90s, it was there was no Microsoft and there was no Atari. America mm-hmm. kind of not in the picture as far as consoles. Sega, Nintendo, and then Sony. And PlayStation came out before Xbox, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So it's just mm-hmm. three Japanese titans in our lives. Yeah. So 
were did you you would notice that as well or or did you connect did. gaming in Japan kind of early on? I did a little bit cuz I remember uh the first time I saw a Japanese Pokemon card. Okay. <laughs> uh, and yes. I was like, okay. "Oh, wait." Like all of a sudden like pew, pew, like all these connections are yeah. being made. <laughs> and then I was like, "I think I'm going to collect Japanese Pokemon cards." Like <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Uh, nice. So you have now been living in Japan for over a year? Yeah, yeah, almost a year and a half now. Year and a half, <laughs> all in Kyoto. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Kyoto is incredible, if anybody listening or watching doesn't know. Um, but I <laughs> yeah. assume you really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyoto's great. And if you want a big city, like Osaka and Kobe are right there. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Osaka's, Osaka was really nice. I hadn't really visited when I lived there, but when I went back for my last trip, which is now like 10 years ago already, mm-hmm. my God. Overdue. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. It was uh, it was a great time. I really enjoyed being there in Osaka. Yeah, nice. Osaka, I, I think, is my favorite city. Shizuoka and Fukuoka mm-hmm. are now kind of rivaling it, but mm-hmm. something okay. about Osaka is just great. I love it. Yeah. Like, It's kind of like Tokyo, but without the like kind of Tokyo rush and coldness yeah yeah it's known for that yeah i can remember like getting out of the train station or whatever and just being like i could smell the chill atmosphere here it's different (laughs) (laughs) it's got good vibes (laughs) kyoto's so quaint you know it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a really nice little chill vibe i think most people probably don't know how quaint Mm -hmm. it is and i i love seeing the historical stuff the the castles, yeah. the temples, mm-hmm. and Fushimi Inari and all that, which inspired mm-hmm. uh, Star Fox, apparently. Yeah. Uh, all that <laughs> stuff. You know, uh, I've actually... So I lived in Japan for three years, 06 to 09, long time ago at this point. But uh, I've only been to Osaka, like, for a couple days here and there. I, w- mm-hmm. I feel like it's a huge hole in my Japan heart I need to f- fill. Because I've, mm-hmm. I've been mainly, like, 99% Tokyo. You know, yeah, Osaka is amazing. It has great food, great beer. Like, (laughs) it's just so much like light. It's so lively, and I feel like people are a lot nicer and warmer. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. something about it I just love. And it has Universal. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yeah, people say like Osaka is a lot more chill vibe um, for whatever reason. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, how long do you think you'll be in Japan? Ooh, good question. I, I would like to think for quite a while. I don't really want to go back to the U.S. at all. Okay. (laughs) Wow. I do not blame you. (laughs) I don't really want to. (laughs) It's been a mess, man. It's been a bit, it's been quite a mess. I gotta say. Yeah. Like, and like cost of living is amazing here. Like, yeah. I remember the first time I went to the doctor and the dentist here, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, Dude, I got a, a crown. Thing. Yeah. I got a crown on my teeth. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the U.S., they, like, it was going to be, like, several thousand. And here, it was 9,000 yen, just, like, 70 yeah. bucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be like, yes, I can be seen by a medical professional without the fear of bankruptcy. That's it's yeah. really it really does wonders for the uh, health and well-being of a people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like we have a like, we have a house here and mm. 
it, like it's cheaper than the rent on my one bedroom apartment in Seattle. <laughs> and That's so I'm so like, awesome. how can I how can I leave? <laughs> this is amazing. And <laughs> going out incredible. to eat, like if you don't want to spend a lot going out to eat, you don't have mm-hmm. to because the food is genuine generally still good. Yeah. Oh yeah. For I, sure. I I mean I've I've had Seven Eleven food in Japan that I thought was better mm-hmm. than restaurants I've had here. So. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yes, dude. That's what people go crazy of the kombini over there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, one thing though also is like, God, just drinking. So in LA, drinking sucks. Like <laughs> it's just like after living in Japan for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the drink, drinking culture is just so much better. Not that I'm trying to get drunk all the time, but, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just, I don't know, just, I guess, because the train and everything was just so I was much say, better. One of the, the a main mm-hmm. factor there is always like how you get home. You know, if you can yeah. walk yeah. home, it's great. If you can take the train, that's cool. If you've got to drive, it's not looking good. <laughs> so, yeah. And most of America is drive. So what yeah. are you supposed to do? And you, <laughs> you get, know? you get like easily 10,000 steps a day, probably. You know, oh, yeah. like, like we're I, when I visited uh, last uh, December, um, my mm. in-laws, wife's Japanese. Mm. Um, so we uh, we uh, I, I looked, looked at my steps and I was like, I was at 10K at like 3 p.m. Like before the mm. day was even over here, <laughs> yeah. I struggle to get five every day, 5000, you mm. know. Yeah. So um, but anyway, uh, how's your Japanese? Ooh, <laughs> it's it's a little rough. Like, it's embarrassingly rough for how long I have studied Japanese. Like, well, I took it in high school, which was a long time ago. But I remembered, like, some things. So when I started studying again, I already knew, like, basic vocabulary, all hiragana, katakana, maybe, like, 100 kanji. So Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm ready, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. (laughs) I, uh, I have a class. I have a tutor once a week. Which okay. is not enough, but when you have mm-hmm. a full-time job, that's about all I can do. So yeah. I think it is getting better, but I'm still probably, mm-hmm. like, in five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're well, in five? Okay. I mean, I mean, probably better than that. You know, 100 kanji, that's at least in four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, right? Yeah. I can, yeah, I can it's, order it's... at a restaurant, no problem. I can read about 45% of a menu. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's something yeah so. it's definitely amazing because i think about you know my time there and, and i i studied more than most of the folks around me early on mm-hmm. but less than some of the guys i knew who were just like top notch yeah and uh i, I reached a point where it was just kind of like yeah I, I got enough i'm fine yeah i'm getting by i'm doing everything i'm i've got enough language to go snowboarding i've got enough language to go <laughs> check out the sumo matches yeah it's fine but like you know, I really wish I had done more because the 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 amount of uh, language you can absorb and, and just improve with while being immersed there is just so much better than studying yeah. from your living room at home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In America. And there is a lot of things I didn't think about right away either, like as far as what I would need to use my Japanese for. Like mm-hmm. at the ward office in Kyoto, nobody speaks English. Mm-hmm. So like... And if, if I was in Tokyo, it would be very different. But like mm-hmm. here, yeah. so when I have to go change my address. It wouldn't be that much different. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, or if I go to the doctor, trying to find an English speaking doctor is kind mm-hmm. of difficult here. 
It is yeah. a little bit easier in like Osaka or Tokyo, but Kyoto mm. is really small. It's a lot smaller, I think, than people think. Like when you were saying yeah. it's quaint, it's yeah. very yeah. much quaint. It's not yeah. like a big city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one of the I biggest mean, I understand they in have, the world are there. They have yeah. restrictions about construction there and everything too. Yeah. You know, to maintain So there's no, no skyscrapers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to whenever you have all that history there. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> So, uh, what about your uh, your partner mm-hmm. and, yeah, and so... his experience with uh, the language and adapting to the culture? Because you know you, you've come for this job. How mm-hmm. how is he adapting to all of this? So when we moved, he spoke zero Japanese, <laughs> <laughs> and so we actually got married during COVID, so he could come with me. Yeah, because uh-huh. we we've been together for like twelve years, like we were probably going to get married eventually. It just wasn't really either of our priorities, mm-hmm. but yeah. so well, might as well do it then for, so he can come <laughs> with me so that he can get a visa. Yeah. Uh, he is, he has been my full-time house husband. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> that's so that's, cool. That's that what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of great. Like uh, <laughs> he, he does all the cooking, cleaning, laundry, grocery shopping, mm. everything like that. Uh, I think he's really enjoying it. His Japanese is still about zero, (laughs) but he can order a beer. So that's, (laughs) he's pretty chill. So he's like, figure it out. (laughs) But I think he likes it a lot. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's a a helpful guide to this sort of lifestyle. I think it's called the way of the house husband. Yeah. I tried to get him to watch it because I was like, look, it's you minus the Yakuza stuff. But like, (laughs) he could could learn all Yakuza Japanese. Then that would be so cool. (laughs) He's a house husband in Japan. It's like the best. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And like he goes to like all the like hard off and book offs like once a week because oh, he's fun. also like a big oh, collector so yeah he does that oh, all the time <laughs> i Man. miss i miss it so much because there was so much stuff that was just like readily available it was obviously yeah. produced in greater numbers in japan sold more and when people got rid of it it was in better shape you know yeah oh yeah i was sh- going to a used game shop in america yeah yeah it's so it's so fun to collect here. Like it's not nearly as good as it used to be, but it's yeah. still I think better than the yeah. U.S. So, I think like, that it, it has to. The, the supply is. I think a lot of the supply is leaving the country. Like yeah. if I look on eBay, yeah. I see yeah. like, oh, okay, I could get this game that costs 150 for the U.S. release, or I could buy the Japanese release for twelve dollars with like three dollars shipping, and it'll be here faster right. than it takes to get from california to the midwest right <laughs> so yeah but yeah that that means you know those who really like retro shopping in japan it's like go buy your stuff now because it's yeah it's flying out of the country it's only going <laughs> yeah up. definitely and like even like just going over to denden town in mm. osaka which is basically their like baby akihabara like yeah. video game mm-hmm. shopping uh even that's changed and like the first time i ever went to denden town was like I don't know, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So like even in that short amount of time, I feel like it's changed a lot price wise and like selection wise too. Cause yeah. the, I remember the first time I went, there was like stacks of like super Famicoms that mm-hmm. were like all under a thousand yen. Incredible. And it's not really <laughs> the case anymore. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. 
Oh, it's man. funny because I went, my first time in Japan was 2001. That's when I mm-hmm. went uh, after college on the JET program. And I I was aware of some of the games that I had missed on the Super Nintendo. So I was like, yeah, you know, someday I'll learn Japanese and I'll play these. So I went and I got like boxed copies, uh, complete in box of, uh, that wasn't even a term then as far as yeah. I knew. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's got the box. Usually you just throw this away because it's made of paper. Like, why would yeah. I do anything with this? <laughs> You it's know? got the box. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Chrono Trigger, I got mm-hmm. Dragon Quest Six, and I got Final Fantasy Six. And I was like, yeah, this will be great. You know, someday I can sit down with these. And uh, yeah, I just got them out of my storage unit last year <laughs> to start playing them. <laughs> Perfect. But like at that time, I remember thinking like, oh, this is expensive in America. Because even yeah. at that time, they were more than the usual used game. Mm-hmm. But I bought them in Japan probably like 600 yen a piece back in 2001. Yeah, totally. You know, it was just like, yeah, that's cool. My nice little ornamental things right now until I learn some more Japanese. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't play Chrono Trigger in Japanese until I think it was 2022 in the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I've been studying yeah, a while, just not doing that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> when I first went to Super Potato in, must have been 2004, when I first visited Japan, just visited, didn't live there yet. That would be 2006. Mm-hmm. I... It was like incredible. Like I, I, I don't think it was just because it was my first time. There was so much inventory at that time. It was <laughs> yeah. insane. I remember so many Neo Geos and Saturns and yeah, like way more. Like I went last Jan, last uh, December, this past December, mm-hmm. and it's like it just pales in comparison. And I think that's countrywide, mm-hmm. and and people are selling things on on eBay and Yahoo Auction and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's kind of what's happening. But uh, it's kind of sad, but it's also like Japan's just so immensely popular that it, it's just yeah. it was just gonna it was just gonna happen, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I've seen a lot of YouTube channels that. Like it seems like their whole shtick is just going to Japanese hard offs and looking at the games and buying yeah. a couple, and <laughs> yeah. like I'm look like it was a Swedish guy that loves Neo Geo. I'm like, man, I love Neo Geo, and <laughs> it's like him just look, searching for Neo Geo shit in Japan, and it's just like he's found some incredible stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm one of the people that's like I guess giving him money because I'm 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 giving I'm giving him the clicks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Neo Geo. When I lived in the U.S., when I was in Seattle, mm-hmm. I we had a one of the Neo Geo minis, the MVS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I guess, well, not the tabletop one, not like the modern mini, the old mini. So it's basically okay. just like a like a smaller version of the MVS. Is it the one that okay. had like the portable system plugged into it? Nope, it's older. No. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it looks exactly like the arcade machine. Yeah. It's just like two thirds the size. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like not That's quite cool. as small as like a Moppet arcade, but still a lot, <laughs> a lot easier to have in a apartment because <laughs> yeah. the original MVS was gigantic. It was like so bulky, like unnecessarily <laughs> bulky. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff, man. It's a um, premium product, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. That was a hard one to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So the the next kind of topic, and our last topic, is just your Metal Jesus connections, and I'll connect mm-hmm. it also with the Neo Geo stuff. Um, I've always, and I don't know, I know you might not want to speak for him, but I just kind of want to ask anyway. <laughs> it always kind of mm-hmm. felt like he's not super into fighting games and and, and not into Neo Geo. It, that video he made on it called Expensive <laughs> as Hell kind of came out kind of <laughs> way late in the game, and mm-hmm. it was somebody else's collection, kind of. So yeah. he was not, he's... He's like he always talks about he loves shooters, but he's not yeah. super into fighting games. Basically, it always feels like that's John Hancock's thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing that he's really good about is bringing. If he knows that he is not the expert on this topic, even yeah. if it's something he wants to talk about, he'll always bring on somebody else who is like really into it to like yeah. bring that energy and to bring that knowledge. And, like, I feel like in some videos he wants to bring people on because he's like, no, they're the ones who really should have a stage for talking about this. Yeah. Because right. it's not my thing, and that's okay. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. cool. Like, yeah, you can't be into every genre. <laughs> that so. is true. <laughs> that would be expensive. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, with yeah. shooters, like, I, was, I always played them. I liked them, never hated them, never disliked them at mm-hmm. all. But I didn't realize until God... 10 years ago or less that they have like such a huge scene like oh, top yeah. down like and, and it was due to metal jesus probably as well mm-hmm. i guess but yeah mm-hmm. I, had, I had never noticed just how fervent that like niche fan base is yeah yeah shmups are a big deal and i feel yeah. like they're one of the few genres in japan that is mm-hmm. specifically shooters are usually quite expensive for the japanese uh, versions right. yeah yeah. Like especially uh, like the, the 360, which was not big here, <laughs> so that doesn't yeah. help its case. Oh, we lived in Japan yeah. at that time. We know so many. The support like, from Cave. Oh. Yeah, like it was there was terrible. a lot of really, really good compilation collections on the 360 yeah. for shooters, and okay. so those are all crazy expensive here now. <laughs> yeah, Ecology yeah, I remember that. like everything that genre always had like the most expensive games sitting on the shelves. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot yeah. of times I'd be like, "Oh, I've never even seen this one." <laughs> but yeah, and that's yeah, one with of my the 360, husband's... it was great. Yeah, that's one of my husband's favorite genres as well. Mm-hmm. So he's always looking for those, and sometimes he'll be like, "There it is," and he'll get it and he'll look <laughs> at it, and he's like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe this wasn't my holy grail. Whoop, like, <laughs> put it back. <laughs> that's how I am with Neo Geo. Like, I'm a huge yeah. fighting game fan. Love Metal Slug. Love the whole mm-hmm. almost every game on the system. But as everybody knows, the the carts are just so expensive. The system is expensive. Yeah. The CDs are a lot better. But like I'm not. I don't want to buy a Neo Geo CD if I'm going all out. I'm going to get a Neo Geo CD Z at least. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they all. I don't want to like promote this too much in an open mm-hmm. forum, but they all emulate so well, you know? Yeah. Well, there's all the legitimate emulation options from Neo Geo. That's one thing I got to give them credit for, man, Mm -hmm. is they, they make their stuff available and I really appreciate that. It's on prime gaming or whatever now too. King of the monsters and all that's on there. It's it's like almost every system. You could just be like, yeah, I want to get KOF 95 or 98 or whatever. And it's, it's there for like $7 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, it's like, it's like perfect. So it's like, even though I'm such a huge fan, I have like three Neo Geo shirts, but mm. no consoles at the moment. It is kind of a white <laughs> whale to me at the moment, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> any, Neo Geo anyway. is just so expensive. Like when we yeah. finally got that Neo Geo mini arcade machine, like mm-hmm. uh, I started buying carts for it 
but I just couldn't keep that. Couldn't keep it up. Oh, so yeah. I got one of those like bajillion and one carts, even though I know <laughs> oh, that's yeah. probably not the right way to go. But yeah. at least it was a cartridge that was in my Neo Geo, and I was uh-huh. playing it on the Neo Geo, and I was like, yeah. okay, this 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 feels okay. I just want to <laughs> sit here and drink a beer and play Money Puzzle Exchanger, anyways. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> so, like, and that oh, game is yeah. so expensive. <laughs> that game was good though. I've played that. Oh, that was like so surprisingly good. good. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. that's a true hidden gem right there for sure. Even amongst <laughs> yeah. Neo Geo fans, I think. <laughs> that's God, that awesome. Game's good. I remember I was it. playing it once, and I was explaining how to play to Jason, Metal Jesus. And I was mm-hmm, like, yeah. okay, so what you got to do is you got to be fast, but, like, this is all, like, money, and, like, this many fives make a 10, and you try to get it up to a 500. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't I haven't tried that game. I haven't even seen it. I gotta it's good. Go. It's good. I played it, yeah, like, really last good. Christmas or something for the first time like with, yeah. with my brothers, and we were like, wow. We discovered it together, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've it's kind of like Puzzle Bobble drop. 2 all this time. Yeah. Is it okay it's like if magical metal- drop on like on steroids? Like yes. it's magical drops with 10 extra steps. Like <laughs> Yes. It's it's okay if you reveal Metal Jesus's first name just now, just yeah. making sure. Okay. Yep. Uh, cool. I, I actually didn't know his uh, his name. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh but speaking of, man, you know, so Metal Jesus I think was one of the first if not the first YouTuber I got into mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think being an elder millennial I kind of came in a little bit late to the game and mm-hmm. then like to the YouTube and like subscribing and watch later and just really watching YouTube you know yeah but being a lifelong gamer he had like these hidden gym I think it was probably the hidden mm-hmm. gym videos first but like top the top collecting you know the top games for the system plus hidden gems hidden gems on like you know, PC engine or whatever. It was like, I was just yeah. so, I was so mm-hmm. into this. So that was like an easy start for me. And then YouTube spiraled out into everything else. But yeah, I really appreciate that whole network of channel. It's like a seemingly kind of a network, uh, you mm-hmm. know, with John Hancock, you got Riggs, you got Reggie, uh, yeah. you got you, you got Metal Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Metal so like Jesus that's how I started. knew who you were, right? So yeah. it's, it's a it's a real it's a real rising tide effect. I feel like there there's an effort by everyone to lift each other up. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah. I really appreciate that because at the you know before that really came along, there was a lot of that sort of angry gamer kind of thing going on. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> angry nerd. Let's have a nice whatever. refreshing <laughs> angry video positive nerd. approach here of supporting. <laughs> Everybody. Dude, yeah, his platformers were great though. I beat them in like. <laughs> Both of them in a, in a day, but man, they were good. Uh, <laughs> nice. I do, I, but yeah, he was a good change of pace, and um, yeah, your network is great. I I've, I watched like I think right now because it seems like Metal Jesus posts less. I don't know, but yeah, like Riggs is posting a lot, and I watch yeah. his. I watch his all the time. I I love the like by the company videos. You know, um, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. marathon games or whatever by on NES or whatever. Love those. I think those are great so um it just yeah, kind of felt like hustling. you're he's hustling <laughs> like, it kind of felt like yeah. you're seattle's your seattle game seattle seattle portland i guess seattle portland gaming mm-hmm. scene seems so cool so i guess i wanted to end on that yeah well, I, I, think, do act, I, think, I really miss it but i mean being yeah. here is awesome and now we have the, you know we have the internet so i can talk to them anytime i want but yeah. I, I do miss it because i see them going to like the retro gaming expos and like i used to go to all of them and it's not really feasible from Japan to go 
away for a weekend to Portland. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, for no. sure. So, it's not. <laughs> feeling a little bit of FOMO, but I'm I'm sure it, it goes the other way too when people see my my pictures. Well, you're in Kyoto, so you know nothing to complain about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every meal's incredible. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Before we uh, wrap up here, though, I was wondering: is there anything you could tell us about uh, the direction where Chuhai Labs is going next, or is that all Ooh, secret? <laughs> good question. Uh, Chuhai Labs is gonna keep getting more fun and weirder, mm. and like <laughs> it's yeah, we have really awesome things on the horizon. I wish I could tell you guys more. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I appreciate it. you guys cover a lot of different uh, hardware platforms, mm. and you know, a good a good showcase of independent style. I really feel like independent developers are picking up where the AAA publishers really won't bother to tread anymore. Let's oh, just dude. have some yeah. good, fun, totally. interesting games. That aren't like, going to sure, break the bank, but they're going to give you plenty of value. I'm sure in the future we'll jump like hardware platforms a lot, mostly because mm-hmm. like you know we've done Playdate, we've done VR, we've done Nintendo Switch, like kind of mm-hmm. jumping around a lot. Because like Giles, our CEO, he loves innovation and mm-hmm. like experimenting with new ways to do controls in like a different intuitive way. So I feel like we're never going to be like niche. Like I mean, like we're never going to be like that company does VR or that oh, company yeah. does this. Like it'll always, I feel like, be jumping around. As long as he's a part of it, it'll definitely be that way, I think. As long That's as great. there's no animatronic foxes and rabbits and shit in it, he's fine. Right? <laughs> as long as that, we're cool. <laughs> no, but yeah, innovation and like I feel like, and I think Tim Rogers brought this up in a video a couple mm-hmm. years ago or something, but mm-hmm. he was saying that like video games, and this is probably where indie games can shine, I think. And again, mm-hmm. I'm jumping off of Tim Rogers, but like there should be just inherently wilder concepts, like dragons mm-hmm. riding on motorcycles or some shit, you know? Yeah. Like just get fucking crazy with it. That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> The, the triple A's, they're all conservative, man. They're just doing like three Spider-Man games a year. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Love <laughs> mm-hmm. it. But like you can get like you like, you know, Chu Hai made a horror golf game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like just more like, like wild not? shit like that. <laughs> Literal that, like dartboard yeah. shit, you know, like what? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> just wild uh, 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 combinations. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So. That's great, man. So props, much respect to Chu High Labs, and we look forward to seeing some more stuff from you guys. Yes, thank you, thank to you. <laughs> thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, All thank right. you so much. This has been a blast. Please check out the movie that I'm working on called Metal Force. Please go to www.metalforce.ninja to find out more about this film. It's basically R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch.